Hello, this is Lisa LaRose on PRNFM, Connect to Love, uh, with Michael J. Russ uh, here on the Vibrant Living Network. And today we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Scott Robinson, who had been with us before. Um, Scott is very, very unique. He is a clairvoyant, a clairsentient, a medium, a medical intuitive, and an empath. He has had this gift since childhood. Uh, he has developed his own healing modality called Lifestream Healing, which is a method of healing which uses a form of quantum entanglement energies, which is, to me, very exciting. So Albert Einstein, who most of us know who he is, said, people like us who believe in physics know that the distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion, which I absolutely love that quote because, you know, the world that we live in, that we experience, is not really real, a lot of people say. They say that it's a mental construct that we filter through our physical senses. As human beings, we transmit energies through our thoughts. Everybody does it. It doesn't matter who you are. We have this energy that is an oscillation. It has a, a law of attraction. It has a law of res- reciprocity with it. So whatever we put out can be connected to, which is why we were so excited to have you know Scott here on Connect to Love because we're going to really delve into that today. You know, quantum physicists believe that in the field of the wave, our thoughts and beliefs work not only spatially but also temporally, which means that they spread out in time and space. So. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about that, how uh, Scott uses his gifts to connect to the past, to the future, and to sort of venture into into that realm. So welcome, Michael, and welcome, Scott. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Me too. You know, Me too. Yeah, it's, it, it's, a, lot of, you, it's a lot of fun. You know, so yeah, you know, in, in science, you know, people have they they've developed uh, what they know for people that are deaf these cochlear implants, and you know, they're electrodes that stimulate the auditory nerves inside the ear, and it sort of triggers things. Now, in for somebody that's blind, they sense things from a, another perspective, and you know, they're those are the the two senses we think about most often as far as communication, but we also have that sense of feeling and um, you know I'd love to to you know kind of open this up and sort of ask the uh, the broader question you know do you think that we can create our future through the power of thoughts and, and what can the past tell us about that um, you know I'd love to sort of delve into that today so um, you know uh, welcome Michael and welcome Scott and um, you know I, I Scott has had um, some a really wonderful communication with Michael. So I'd I'd love for you, Michael, to kind of kick this off, and um, you know, let you, uh, you know, the questions you've been dying to ask, Scott. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you just kind of laid it out there with regard to um, uh, the past, the present, future, and how our uh, thoughts impact that. And uh, before we go any further, though, I'd really love uh, for Scott to kind of give our audience a, a clear idea of what he does. Because and what his what his how he works with his gifts to help others to be of service to others. Oh. Scott, could you do that? Sure, I can, Michael. It's good to talk to you again, and Lisa, it's good to talk to you again, of course. Um, you awesome. Know, 
as I start started out my psychic work, you know, per se, I've always been psychic. I started mainly using my clairvoyance, which to me is just it goes along with what we're talking about. It's a field effect, and so you. To me, I look in my mind's eye and I see a scene, a picture, if you will, and I associate that with my interpretation, but I see people's auras, their energy fields around them. And that aura contains colors, it contains symbols, and by reading that, I get an idea of what's going on with the person, and it generally directs the reading in whatever direction they need to go. But when you talk about uh, the past, the present, and the future, really, the field we live in, the etheric body of the universe, if you will, the energy body of the universe, is one huge field that we all exist in. That's why it doesn't matter if you're on the other side of the universe or right next door. We are connected at every moment of every single second of every day. We are absolutely 100% connected. And when you can learn to tap into that a little bit, um, then you feel that you get ideas, you get insights associated with that. The past, the present, and the future all come together as one, you know, the eternal now, if you may have heard that term before. And everything is one. And, you know, the physicists have been telling us that we're all one, we're all, we're heading back toward the one. That's what I see and that's what I believe. And as we get more in touch with that, the need for typical standard clairvoyance, I say, kind of is superseded by just intuitive knowing of things. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of how I work. When I look at someone, mm-hmm. I will look at their energy field and I'll see what I see and I'll give my interpretation of that. And then generally insights just start pouring in at that point because I'm completely connected with that person. And that's how it kind of works right. for me. That's how it's always worked. So do, okay. you, you, Scott, you, do you feel things in your body? You get, you've talked about getting a, a mind impression or sometimes, you know, so are, are you, when you're tuning into that person, do you sometimes feel what's going on around them or the people that are around them? Absolutely. I'm an empath, and there's different levels or different types. I'm a physical empath. I can feel oftentimes people's pains. Um, I'm certainly an emotional empath, so I know what they're feeling. That might be my strongest suit because even as a child, I would walk around a bunch of people, and I would know exactly what they're feeling, and it's almost like reading their mind because most people are more feelers than mental, right? And so Mm -hmm. whatever they're feeling is kind of how they're thinking. Um, so I can do that, yeah, and that helps me on my medical intuitive stuff because as I tune into their feelings, physical and emotional, then I begin to get a picture of their actual body, and it's hard to explain, but it's like I'm looking at them, their body in an energetic form, and I can see where there's problems here and there, where there's energy blockages, where disease exists, things like that. And I get a, I'll see that first clairvoyantly, and then I'll get an intuitive understanding of what that means and why it's happening. And you can take that all the way to the spiritual level, but for the most part, you know, people just want to know, well, what's going on, where is it going on, and how can I fix it, you know? And mm-hmm. so being able to see it, for me, it's all associated with the fact that we are all part of one huge energetic force substands everything that we are it substands the universe and because of that any one of us when you start practicing that type of attunement 
you can tune in to anything, anywhere, at any time. That's wonderful. Really? So I, I'm curious, so for, and especially for our audience members who may not be that familiar with an aura, so when you look at somebody and you see this energy field around them, this aura, what does that look like to you and what do the different colors mean to you and, and, and how does that may, may be different for other people that are intuitive or clairvoyant? That's a good question, too. And for me, when I start tuning into somebody, I'll, you know, get quiet and usually close my eyes, not always. I, but I go to this other space, and I look at them, and energetically I'll get shifts of colors moving through their – it's almost like an ovoid field, uh, almost mm-hmm. a spherical field of energy. And I'll get colors that flow through there. I'll also get symbols, usually in the form of, like, everyday things, animals, etc. Um, that tell me things about what's going on with this person. Like a lot of times people don't understand. If I look at somebody's aura and I see a little dog jumping up on them, which I will, that means somebody's lying to them. Oh, my goodness. And I can, <laughs> and I can always tell if it's a male or a female. And I like dogs. I, don't get me wrong. And, I thought, and the first time I started coming across it, it's what, what, what? And then I, I noticed. And so it means somebody's lying to you depending on the size of the dog. So sometimes I'll see a little teeny dog. And so it's just the typical day-to-day stuff that we all deal with, you know, just, I won't call it lies, probably too strong a word, just it's not being completely straightforward or forthwith. But mm-hmm. it, sometimes I'll look at somebody and I'll see a wolf jumping on them. i say, oh, my goodness. <laughs> somebody is really, you know, telling a whopper to this person. They're really being dishonest with this person. And, again, Intuitively, I generally know if that's a male or a female is doing it at their approximate age, usually within a year or two or three, um, and things like that. That's just one instance. There's another. For instance, if I see a cat, if I'm looking at your aura, and I'll see this kind of like I'll see orange filtering through. That's kind of a feeling, thinking person right there. They feel very deeply, but they translate it into mentality, we'll say. That's a good, strong color. Then I'll see blues, yellows. Yellow, I always think, is more of a uh, thinking color as well, spiritually, thinker, um, pragmatic thinker. You get purples. Sometimes you get dark bands in the aura. That's usually depression. I will say in the case mm-hmm. when I look at somebody, it's, it's always depression of some sort. And it usually exists as a heaviness near the bottom of this ovoid that I'm looking at, okay? And depending on how much is there and how dark it is, you can kind of get an idea of how deeply depressed a person is. We all suffer from depression from time to time. I don't, I don't believe anybody that says they've never had it happen. Good for them if it's true. I just don't believe it. <laughs> we all struggle with mm-hmm. that from time to time. And, uh, um, and so depending on what I see there, others I think like if I see a cat curled at somebody's feet, um, that tells me that they're doing something over and over and over again that's not suiting them well, right? They're making a mistake on mm-hmm. some level. They're repeating some behavior either in relationships business it could be anything a personal life eating but they're continuing to do it like a cat has nine lives this goes over and over goes in a big circle so when you get there you're kind of stuck now we all have issues with that from time to time but that can be a good indicator of what's going on in a person's life uh that amongst other things there's certainly a lot of other uh symbols that i get those are two very common ones that tell me a lot pretty quickly you know um I'll get birds flying through the top of a person's door. That tells me they've got a message coming to them from on high, from their higher selves. 
depending on the type of bird and how high it's flying, it tells me if it's an intuitive message or a higher mental message, et cetera. Um, it kind of gives me an idea of that. And that will come out in the reading, what that message is intended to be. As I read somebody, you know, the reading kind of takes on a life of its own, a direction that it's meant to go from a soul level. And so I just let that flow. And the people can ask me any questions specifically as they want, and I'll answer that and see it. But it kind of tends to flow where they, on some level, need that input. Hmm. Hmm. That's amazing. Beautiful. That is amazing. <laughs> that, i got to ask you a question, though. Sure. Yeah, it does. Go ahead. Uh, when it comes to auras, do your auras, uh, does someone's aura change based on what's going on in their life day to day? Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good question. That's true. I see that yeah. a lot. You can look if somebody's upset um, or they're very angry, they'll get a big red streak in their aura. This is, sounds pretty typical, but to me, that's what I see. But I can also see this red streak, and I can tell whether it's coming into them or if it's being generated by them themselves. In other words, are they angry at someone or at some situation they're in, or is somebody else angry at them? And that's the most damaging kind, I guess you would say. We all mm-hmm. go through moments of anger, which we deal with. We learn to deal with one or another. But if somebody's projecting that anger towards us, it goes directly into the aura, and it does have an effect. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't know, and we'll talk about it, and I'll be able to tell usually if it's a male or female and who it is. They go, oh, yeah, and then the situation will come up, and they can resolve it, at least within their own mind, right? And so Mm -hmm. that's one way of dissipating that. When someone's aura changes from day to day, yeah, they can be on a day where they're really – I guess you'd say more spiritual than other days, highly connected. And when they do that, I'll see a lot of really a special certain type of blue color. That's really hard to explain. It's not like a, it's, I just can't, I can't define this color blue. I just know what it is when I look at it. Right. And I'll see hmm. things like that. Um, you can see people together, their auras kind of match. will will tend to melt together sometimes if they're very close. Um, Sometimes I'll notice, like in couples, one person's aura is trying to move away and the other one's trying to grab hold of, right? And uh, mm-hmm. that's a con- that creates a conflict, and that's generally what the conflict is going on between these two people. Um, and so when you get to the bottom of that, it gives information that people can use and think about. Hmm. So, that's cool. Now, do you find when, you know, the the people that come to you for a reading, so if you see something like that in in their aura field and you try to to not help them navigate through it, do you find that some people are accepting or people are in denial or how do you kind of help them untangle that so that they can uh, eliminate that in their aura so they can be more in balance? Is there there a way? Yeah, there is. I mean, I didn't say a lot of times when I look at a people's aura, um, and I hate to use the word demon, but there's there's bad energies out there that becomes personified, and by that it means it seems to take on almost human characteristics. And that can attach itself to us at any time. And we all have these attachments, these entity attachments. Sometimes they can mm-hmm. become quite noticeable, and they actually cause a big disruption in the person's life. They'll generally go to a part of the body that's weak anyway, it's where it's easiest for them to attach. And whenever I see one of these entities, I'll ask the person, 
you know, I see this entity on you, it's causing you some problems, can I just take it off of you? Which to me is very easy to do. And so I'll remove that cool. entity. And oftentimes people either feel a tingling, they'll feel a hot and cold sensation. But generally speaking, they'll say, you know, after you took that away, I started feeling better. I wasn't aggravated. I didn't have this. Because that's what they do. This is what that type of energy does. Now, as some people unknowingly and some knowingly project that type of energy upon other people. Hmm. As we probably all know, right? And so there are right. people yeah. out there that you feel more comfortable with or less comfortable with. On some level, energetically, there's a conflict between you and that other person. doesn't say who's right or who's wrong. It just means energetically there's a conflict. And, you know, by being the most compassionate person that we can be, each of us, these conflicts don't really mean a whole lot, right, because we, we don't focus on them. But there are people out there that project a lot of this energy on whomever they meet. It's a form of, I hate to say attack, but it's almost like they attack people with their energy. And this can have a big right. effect on, on sensitive people. Empathic people in particular feel it. That's why empathic people oftentimes tend to be isolated and loners. Because they feel this so strongly. They, anywhere they go, they feel the energy of all these people around them. And, uh, and so oftentimes there's more than they can take. So they tend to be loners. And, Very interesting. Um, you know, yeah, Michael and I have talked about, <laughs> yeah, in the past how... Sometimes, you know, he has he has such a, a dynamic presence that he'll find himself being in, in a place and people are naturally attracted to him. So um, without delving too much into his personal stuff, so like if you were to look at Michael's aura, I'm picking matter. you, Michael, I'm sorry about that. Like, Doesn't so matter. Knock is, 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 there, is there a color in his field or is it is it because he has such a beautiful heart vibration that people are tuning into that resonance. Um, you know, I'm just curious intuitively, or you could, you know, look at me and <laughs> say the same thing, I no. guess. No, I, I can look at Michael right now. I can look at you as well. It makes no difference. But with Michael, I see a lot of pink heart energy. And there's different types of heart energy. There's more of a red color. There's a greenish color I've seen. That pink color is more of a broader, compassionate color, I will say. It's more of a that heal the sense. world type of color, right? And that people are going to be directly attracted to heart energy, going you know, to bring people in for healing. I have people that come to me all the time that naturally find their way to me, as have you both, where people need yeah. a healing and they find their way to you. That's an energetic, you know, that's quantum physics at work, right? This energy is right. seeking out a, a, a counterpart. And uh, so right. we seek out people like that. So, yeah, with Michael, I see a lot of that going on. That would explain people being attracted to him. A lot of intellectual-type energy and Michael a lot of yellow high yellow in his aura so he's a thinker but he can also feel that's that orange color so yeah very color um there's not really good and bad colors even if you see red in somebody's aura it's not necessarily bad a lot of times it denotes anger being sent at a person but usually it has a distinct feel to it I can't even explain it's almost like it's dark red tinged with black There'll be black streaks in it, and that's just mm -hmm. anger personified, right? That's somebody that's, like, secretly hating on you. <laughs> and a lot of times that's what happens. <laughs> people be in, in relationships, you know, and they'll be around people, and but these people behind their back, I hate to say it, they'll just be, like, undermining, right? 
we all have run into right. people like that. Exactly. And, kind of a, an envious and, and, or jealousy kind of thing going on. There is that. There's that spiritual jealousy that you see that rears its ugly head so often. People people want to do, you know, they want the gifts. Everyone possesses all the gifts. It's just a matter of tapping into your higher self and allowing. It's all about allowing. Allowing these things to happen and and stepping aside from your lower mind, from your lower intellectual mind, stepping aside a little bit and allowing things, your imagination to run. Imagination is a real thing, right? It's real energy. It's not, it's not something that doesn't exist. It exists just like thoughts exist. And by allowing your imagination to open up a little bit, you can bring on miracles within your own life, and you can see that on other people as well. Wow. I think that's a, a wonderful statement because um, imagination is, uh, is, I consider it to be one of, the, one, of the, one of the 20 elements of personal alchemy because of its, its, its power in your life uh, to change the way you feel and uh, about anything. You can sit down and you can imagine anything for yourself. Uh, and I've told people before that, uh, or many times actually, that uh, imagining is really the first step to changing your life. You have to see it in your mind's eye uh, in order to move forward. It's like that foundational thing. If you can't see it, uh, you know, how can you be it? How can you have it, bring it to life? Uh, manifesting begins with your imagination. So that's really, really cool. Um, I had one, I had one point uh, early, that's about 20, 25 years ago, I don't know, I went to some particular, I had an aura reading. Actually, you know, there's, there's these things to take pictures of auras. I don't know how they're actually, um, how valid they, they really are. But uh, somebody developed it in Europe. But uh, I had a lot of blue, a lot of blue at, at the time. And I think that I've mm-hmm. uh, kind of morphed past that. Um, I probably still have some blue, but I mean, I had, I had a lot of blue um, 25 years ago. Uh, and as I've changed, uh, I'm kind of thinking that the, the pink and the yellow has kind of taken more of a, a center stage <laughs> to, uh, to, to my aura, uh, my field. I say that too, Michael. And the blue, the blue is basically you can get much deeper into auras. The colors are also associated with some ray energies. Blue being a basic ray of love, believe it or not, is the color blue. Um, we often associate that with green or all that. But we're on a second ray universe. We're on a love universe, right? So blue is very prevalent. Uh, but you do kind of go beyond that. I won't say beyond it. Let's just say you focus down into the levels of yourself that you really are. Like you were talking about imagination. And think mm-hmm. about it. When we were kids, we imagined this and that. We saw, we played with our imaginary friends. We saw people all the time. And we were immediately told not to do that, right? We were told, right. this is bad. Right. Your imagination is invalid. It's just stuff you're making up. Well, that's not true. <laughs> and when you can get back to that on an adult level, now I don't mean for all of us just to make up, you know, stuff. But on the other hand, you can do that. And how odd yeah. is it when you, when you start thinking along certain lines, it just manifests right before your very eyes, right? And it all starts right. with imagination. And us reallowing our imagination to be paired with the basic creative process, which that creative process is in the heart. That creative process is love, which brings magnetically, it brings everything together into an attractive format. And when things come together, different energies come together into one ball, if you will, 
then a new third thing is created. That's pure creativity, and that's birth, right? And so we're in the energy of birthing, not only as people, but as a universe, as a planet, everything. The evolutionary urge is about being reborn. There'll be other times when the evolutionary urge, trillions of years in the future, will be more about power now than it is about love now. But right now we're in a love universe and will be for, well, somewhere around 300 more trillion years. So we got some time. So, <laughs> Longer than I'm going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going over bit. and over again, and we reach, we reach different levels of, of the spiral, right? We, uh, we, we, we evolve, and what we see today is, oh, wow, that's a revelation. Well, five years from now, we'll, we'll see that. We'll think back on that and say, yeah, that was, but now I'm up so far above that. Well, you, you kind of are because along with your seeing things differently, your, your consciousness is expanding. And as it expands, it takes in more of the true reality around us. And uh-huh. so it takes a creative process and an imaginative, an imaginative process in order to bring that about. And so many of us, and people, and it's just, true we are cut off in our creativity as michael said you got to get back to that right you right. got to get back mm-hmm. to that whole creative process where you bring that into your life and imagine in your mind's eye what you want and it can be the wildest thing and it'll manifest for sure you may not notice it at first and say well is that and then you'll say wait a minute that's really what i asked for and i've got it and it's right there right and it's because you imagined it Wow. Right. First. We, you know, important. Scott, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Michael. No, go ahead. No, please, go ahead. You, no, you know, what, well, I know, Scott, that you teach classes. So you teach classes in the seven rays, but you also um, do a lot with self-knowledge. And Michael and I, uh, you know, kind of delve into this. Now, w- now Michael's a musician. You may not know this, but he's a, a drummer of of unbelievable, you know, accomplishments. And, you know, so there's seven, you know, seven notes in the musical scale. There's seven chakras. And some people have said there's seven senses. And so, you know, and and I would love what you were saying about this universal consciousness because I'm wondering if the seventh sense is actually our doorway to that. And, you know, is there classes or what, you know, how can you teach people to gain more self-knowledge and to actually tap into the the God-given gifts that we were given? I know that's a big question. Well, that's good because, it, no, it is. Things, the universe is, is divided down into sevens and then the threes and then the one, right? But basically there are seven notes. That's not coincidental. That, that's part of the universal song, right? And when all those notes are sounded all at one time, then the universe will have stepped up to the next level, whatever it's going to be. The oh, universe will sing all, all wow. the, I got, I got them too. The universe will sing its song to us. It will give us information. Now that's ongoing, you know, and on di- very different levels. But, you know, when you come to people understanding their, their own selves, for me, um, when you begin to get an idea of what your own energy levels are, we are five senses, right? as you asked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also, yeah. there are truly in our universe, there are seven main senses. The sixth sense, which is now becoming more prevalent, the so-called psychic sense, right? Well, that's the mm-hmm. sixth. There's one higher than that, which is pure identification, if you will, 
identification with the one, you become the one. And when you're at, wow. when your level of consciousness has expanded to that level, you have reached total oneness with the universe. It's like when Einstein was talking about the speed of light, and as you approach the speed of light, you take on, you know, um, unlimited mass. Or in other words, that's why a physical object supposedly can never travel the speed of light uh, because you're going, you're taking on a, a perfect mass. Well, there's nothing but light light in the entire universe. We are made of light. The universe is made of light. And when you approach that speed, if you will, you take on the weight, if you will, of the entire. In other words, you become one with the entire universe. And hmm. and that oneness is, you can look at it from a mathematical or physical angle as being unlimited mass, right? But as you approach that, mm-hmm. this is what's happening. You're approaching the oneness of light, and that's what uh, physical evolution is all about, continuing to approach that oneness. There's what's beyond that, of course, there's something, do we know? There are truly things that at this level of human development, are above our level of conscious understanding. That right. doesn't mean it'll True. be that way forever, but there are things that we simply can't understand because we don't have the equipment, our consciousness, whether it be physical as well as our spiritual equipment, necessary to understand some of these higher precepts. But that's what evolution is about, bringing us to that point. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wow. spend the, spend way too much time in the in the in the three realm anyway um, of just uh, the illusion of life and getting all sucked into it. And, and uh, do you find that there are uh, people that you consult with that have actually been able to move beyond that uh, in, a, in a very constructive way in their lives? In other words, elevating their, their own level of conscious awareness and, and uh, um, shifting their own energies? I do, and that's a good question because a lot of what I do when I try to work with people using the rates, which we haven't touched on very much here, but basically right now as we stand in our evolutionary development, we're, we're a five-unit being. We, we're soul. We're an integrated personality. That's who you were just talking about. We're a mental body. We're an astral or emotional body, and we're a physical body, an etheric body, really. And as you integrate those three lower bodies, the etheric, the astral, and the mental body into one usable conglomerate that's called a, you know a personality a complete soul infused personality and at that point the soul itself evolves but so when you meet people that are integrated it's what i call them they're integrated they're more able to use all of themselves in a useful whole instead of a lot of us and most of us one time we'll focus, we'll be more on a mental level, another time we'll be more emotional, physical, etc. And the life, our life cycles as we grow up explain that. As we're a child, one years, one to seven, we're almost entirely physical. Not to say that there's not hmm. some mental energy there, but we're concentrated on that. We're about our physical world. And these cycles persist throughout our lifetime. So even if you're in your 60s, you're revisiting these cycles you know, uh, material, emotional, and mental, but on a higher turn of the spiral, you hope. <laughs> we hope. And I would say everybody is. And so as people get older or reach a certain level of of self-enlightenment, I guess you would call it, then they begin mm-hmm. to use these all these tools all in one conglomerated whole. 
And that's what you go for. And by understanding your own energy makeup in the form of rays, in other words, then you get to where you're at and what you need. And you get it makes it more enabled for you to, one, define that and then make a useful use of it. Wow. Hmm. Okay, that's, that's, that's dynamite, personally. Um, would you find that a lot of the people that uh, are, become attracted to you are at a point in their lives when they're seeking that uh, elevation? In, in 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 their in, in body absolutely i get people all the time that i bring under my wing so to speak i'm no guru per se i have knowledge deeper knowledge maybe than some people but it's just where it comes from it comes from an inner allowing my inner self to function right and becoming in touch with the highest part of myself of which i'm able now we all have days that are good right. days and bad days the days where we're discombobulated so to speak but for the most <laughs> part by allowing that by allowing that to happen then you allow the very, very highest parts of yourself to be usable and people come to me all the time well what can i do to do this first of all and i tell this and you tell everybody Smith, meditate same because the way it's got to be no it's meditation that's what puts you entire in touch with the highest spiritual point attainable by human beings but it's a degrees I say, you know, it's hard to do what's the hardest thing in the world is to find 10 minutes a day to meditate. <laughs> I don't know why, but it is. But when you do that over time, you will, you're opening yourself up to these higher energies. And by putting yourself, again, into the, into the process of allowing, you're allowing these energies to work. You're allowing your mind to open up. And by that, I mean your consciousness to expand. And as your consciousness expands, it touches higher and higher energies and brings them down into your core center. And as that happens, you naturally attract more of that and you attract people to you who are looking for that very thing. Like earlier, Michael, you were saying, or Lisa, you were saying that people are attracted to Michael, people are attracted to you, you're a healer, Lisa, and so people are attracted to you when they need something. They feel it on the deepest intuitive foot. Now, they're not walking around saying, my intuition tell me to do this. They just do it. And they find themselves here. And we all find ourselves in that way. I'll find myself in places. Now, how did I get here? Why did I go here? And then later it will be shown to me. It's pretty obvious because my intuition led me there for whatever reason. Lesson, learning, helping. Intuition is not a linear process. It's instantaneous. So people think, mm-hmm. oh, I'm thinking. I'm, it's an intuitive thought I'm having. No, because if you call it a thought, it's not intuition for one thing. It has a beginning yeah. and an end and a process between the two. That's not intuition. Intuition exists in the in the permanent now, right? The eternal now. All knowledge is always available to us. All it's already there. Nothing's going to change with that. It's about us being in touch to our consciousness with these higher levels, these expanded areas of consciousness. That's that's fascinating to yeah. think about, and you can get caught up in that conundrum. <laughs> about oh yeah, yeah. it is to, to some people you can get you can get kind of like drawn into it and you can start thinking about it and expanding upon the idea of it what it means and it leads to another thing and another thing and another thing before you know it you're like oh my gosh um, but I I love uh, what you just explained there and it's really interesting because I have to sit down in, in my meditations and and uh, uh, and and allow more of of uh myself to connect to uh my higher self and 
a higher energies more than I actually do. Um, and I've been doing meditating for, I don't know, the past couple of decades. Uh, and I've, I experience a lot of intuitions. I listen a lot. I'm very connected. I see things and always ask myself, um, what, what part of my, how is this person connected to, my, to what I'm manifesting, what I was thinking about, what I was imagining? Uh, which is, it's wonderful to go through the day like that when you connect with people and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and always ask yourself, you know, why is this person, why did I connect with this person? Uh, what, what, how can I help them and what are they, how, how can they help me? You know, how can we help ourselves elevate our consciousness? Um, and what's interesting is when you start, you know, for me, when I have a sense of, needing to connect with somebody even in a, for, for a brief moment. Um, the other day I was in a, uh, I was in a store and I think I might've told you this Lisa at one point, or I might've mentioned it in a previous podcast, but I was in a store uh, heading, heading to target and Sandy wanted, my girlfriend wanted to go into a, a store just before then cause she's never been in there before. And uh, I just followed her in and kind of walked around with her. I wasn't really paying attention to what was there, but I spotted this young lady who happened to be incredibly sunburned. And I happened to have something in the trunk of my car that she could uh, alleviate. I asked her, I said, are you really hurting? And she says, oh, yes. And I said, well, come with me. If you, if you trust me, come with me, and, and I, I, I've got something for you. And she said, oh, okay. So she walked out to the car, and I, I gave her some sunburn gel that I had manufactured about eight years ago. And uh, she said, oh, my gosh. She says, this is amazing. And then I, I pulled out my card to my podcast, and I gave it to her, and I said, if you're – uh, into wanting to know how to create your reality and, and you know, elevate yourself and, and really get what you want in life. And I, I, didn't, I didn't even finish. And she said, oh, my gosh, you don't know how timely this is for me. And she actually started to cry. She said, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on. <laughs> she, says, she says, no, you don't, under, you don't understand. And I, and I didn't ask her for an explanation. It's none of my business. However, um, it was I, in situations like that. I understand that there's sometimes it, it's not the thing that you think the, the initial reason you think you're connected with somebody generally isn't the real reason you're connecting with them. And I always look for the secondary reason. <laughs> That's what I'm really looking for, and, mm-hmm. and it happens really often. Uh, it happens very often that uh, that you know when I when I connect them to a podcast or I start talking about something with them or I mention something about them and they go, oh my gosh, you, you, you don't know how, it, this, how timely this is for me. And I love it when it happens. Uh, I just, and, and I, I ask when my meditation, I say, let's, let's have this happen a whole lot because there are a lot of people out there who really are, are looking for an expansion and looking to move beyond where they are and just don't know how. And meditation, as you said, um, is one of those ways. Um, the first way that I suggest to most people is to sit down and be quiet for 10 minutes. I'm, I do it for 40, but um, mm-hmm. some people yeah. just can't carve it out. And I say, don't say, don't, don't say can't because that's really a barrier for you, to, for you doing it. Everybody has, uh, if you daydream for 10 minutes, you know, you're sitting on a, a, a public transportation or you're taking a train to work or whatever, you're reading something. Instead of reading, just close your eyes and just 
listen to something, vision something, you know, single-minded purpose is all it is. You can, you can have a form walking. I used to, I, I would walk, meditate when I walked. I would literally just put myself in a state where I was hypersensitive to what was going on around me. I didn't necessarily focus on anything. I just walk and I'd walk for a couple of miles um, and just clear my head and things would pop into my head and I'd be pulling out my phone, pulling out the notepad going, I got to write that down. You know, I got to do that. I got to, I got to document that because I'll forget it in the next couple of moments. And it's a fun thing. Uh, however, I had, if you had people tell me that their mind is too busy to, to meditate, uh, yeah. which is really unfortunate. Um, here's a question I want to ask you. I want you to, I just want you to, to, to I know you've, you've looked at my aura, but I just want you to take a quick look at, at Lisa because Lisa is very unique. And I just want to have a sense of what you see with Lisa. Yeah, Lisa and I have Amazing been individual. besties for quite a few years now. We met at a seminar in California 22 or three years ago. And we've been friends, wow. close friends ever since. So there was a special connection between us, um, always has been. Um, when I look at Lisa's aura, of course, I get a lot of the pink. I get a lot of green in Lisa. She definitely has a lot of empathic healing type energy. That's usually what that indicates for me. Um, mm-hmm. Again, she's got she's got the yellow of of the intellectual, spiritual energy, if you will, the thinking part. Mm-hmm. But she's also got that that intuitive energy, which is the orange, which I see that on you as well. That's a, a mix mm-hmm. of in thinking and intuition together. When you ask about meditating, when I tell them there's a lot of different ways of meditating, just be quiet. So I can't just be quiet. What, what I would tell people when they start meditating at first, 10 minutes is fine, and visualize. Visualize anything that you enjoy or whatever, and that's where it's going to lead to other things. When I read someone clairvoyantly, I'm in a sense, I'm in a form of meditation. So somebody will ask me, how do you know that? So, for instance, I was reading somebody not long ago, and I'm looking at their aura, and I see this beautiful golden retriever sitting at their feet, you know. And I said, oh, Aww. I you're being lied to. And I said, the golden retriever is wearing a birthday hat. <laughs> I'm looking at it, I said, well, what does this mean? <laughs> That's an interesting. I'm looking at the golden retriever, and it's right there. And I said, wait a minute, and it's wearing a birthday hat, and it has one of those things where you blow out or it comes out at you, you know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, so I'm trying to interpret all this, and the person said, I'm saying, well, I said, you're going to think I'm, this is nutty. It's how it works for me. I said, First of all, something you're being lied to by a guy. I said, it feels like to me you're going to a birthday party this week, and the guy's going to be there, and that this is a guy who's not been telling you the truth, but which has kind of been acting like he has. That's the thing blowing outward. He keeps spitting out untruths to you, right? And the guy oh, says, my, oh my God. He goes, he said, wow. I'm going to a birthday party this weekend, and one of my employees that I've been worried about is going to be there. And I said, well, there you go. <laughs> and so that's kind of – so it's about interpretation. So when you meditate, you're essentially doing the same thing. You're providing your imagination, and you're allowing that to come in. Now, you direct your, med- your, your visualization, so it's a directed meditation. You're going to a place. But a lot of times that leads to that dreamy state where stuff starts coming in, right, Michael? Where you say, well, this comes yes. in. Lisa, you say you'll be meditating, and stuff will just kind of come into you. You say, well, what does that mean? Don't worry about what just let it happen. And that's what's going on is you're in a meditative state. There's different meditative states about. And when I read people, I essentially 
kind of get in a meditative state when I look at their aura at first. And then the more I've done it over the years, the less I need the aura. I just do it because it's, I've been doing it since I was a kid. I like it. That's my comfort zone, right, looking at the aura. Mm-hmm. But I don't need it because now I, I get the point, and I'm being shown and led to this different place. I don't even need it. I just know, and I can just know. I can just start spouting stuff out. And I don't need the uh, the aura with me to tell me that, but I kind of like, I insist on it. It's my little, it's my binky, right? And so right. it's my little pacifier. <laughs> I love it. And so, I love it. So I love it. That's what I look at, but I don't have to have it, and neither does anybody else. Well, you don't, these gifts come about, and the more you use these, like I'm talking about, you talk about clairvoyance, and you start meditating, these gifts begin to happen automatically. I found this over mm-hmm. and over. And you automatically begin shifting toward the higher higher example of the lower spiritual reality, if I will. So clairvoyance is a high thing that, that's a very good place to start. But that's on a low end of the There's so much higher than that. There's intuitive knowledge, right? Sentience, clairsentience, where you don't need a picture in your head. You just know. Now, it's nice to have mm-hmm. that picture, and, I, and it sends me this place and that place. Um, but you don't have to have it, you know, and, and the more you practice this clear sentience, first of all, you've got to allow yourself to believe, well, I'm right. Because for me, it's like, oh, what if you're wrong or what if, what if you're just total nonsense? No, I don't even go there anymore. So, like, I don't care how crazy it sounds. I'm going there. The dog, the, the, the you know, golden retriever with the party hat, I'm staying with it, <laughs> you know. And as you stay yeah. with it, it gives, it, it gives the information. Now, why does my intuition feed me that way or mine? I, I don't know. Why do I often get symbols of animals? And not always, I mean, not completely, but for the most part, I get little animals that tell me things. I'm really hooked into the animal-type world. I really, I don't know, I feel one with that. Maybe sometimes more than humanity, I hate to say. And uh, yeah. so is that why my intuition uses it? Other people's will be different, and that's fine. You find your right. own level, so to speak, and not level, that's even, that's an implying, that's a kind of a, that implies I'm at a higher level than you are. And so I hate that stuff. No, you find your own comfort zone. You find what mm-hmm. works for you and you go with it and you allow it, but you allow it without stomping on anybody else's stuff. Right? Oh, I think that's, that's awesome. That's so true. It, and trust is so important you know you you get something that seems so crazy and you think well why am i saying this and and you really have to to trust that and you know i i am an intellectual i like to read i like to jam a lot of stuff into my brain and and there was a a scientist in 1980 john kramer who made a really interesting discovery about the senses and he started looking at you know this that what we think of as reality and we're and, and it, it it connects to everything you're talking about Scott and what I found so fascinating was he said that our senses are really limited our, our senses only take up 8% of the entire light spectrum that means 92% of our reality doesn't really exist for us but it's there and I think that that's what you're speaking about like when you go into that quiet space of meditation you're going into that space that allows you to be in that other 92 percent of possibilities of reality exactly and, um, that's so true so true yeah and and I'd, I'd like to ask you because you know you like you didn't you know as a child you grew up with these gifts you know you didn't always start meditating you know you have this this very unique type of healing come through you that you've 
branded as as live stream healing which i would like to mention that you have live stream healing um, if you're looking to, to connect with scott on instagram right now i know you're working on your website so that's the best way if somebody wants to connect with you but i'd love for you to sort of explain like what that was like for you so you know you're in this space of, of meditation quiet you know how you how did you start and and how did you tune into into that gift uh, which became live stream healing uh, I can tell you when you talk about being intellectual so there's the intuition part the intuitive part the artist some people call it the artistic that's not exactly true but it comes across like that and then but when you have both of those energies in a one person, like with yourself and Michael and myself, that's kind of unique, but it's not, you know, it, it allows you to open up to certain gifts. For my own self, I grew up in a town of nothing but scientists. My father was a scientist, very, you know, mm-hmm. logical and all that. But they always kind of knew I was different. Then around seven years old, I had a healing thing happen with a pet. And frankly, my parents never looked at me the same again. And, uh, uh, but I kind of knew, to me, it was like everybody does this, right? But there was an energy I project, projected out of my uh, Ashness chakra, you know, my third eye chakra, right? And mm-hmm. that's where, for me, I, I take my live stream healing comes from there. Heart-centered, projected out through the uh, uh, Ashness chakra. And that energy is very potent and powerful. There's different ways to move it. You can move it through different chakras in different ways. It can become quite complicated, but it's simple in and of itself. So I began to see that then, but I didn't really know. I knew that, to me, I felt like everybody knew everything that I knew. And whenever I was around people, even as a child, I knew everything. And I don't mean I was a know-it-all. What I mean is I felt everything. And I thought, well, if Mm -hmm. I can do that about them, then they must know what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. And that frightened me when I was a kid. I didn't want everybody to know what I was thinking every little thought I had, right? And sure, so it kind of frightened me. But, but as I grew older, you know, you grow into it. And, and it really wasn't until I was around 28 or 30 that I totally understood what it was like, what, what it meant to be an empath. I'd always been told that I was an empath before. I'd always picked up on people. But around that time, I began to really allow that to be in my life, right? And once I did, it changed everything for me. Because I would think that I was feeling bad you know it was something within me i didn't realize i was feeling everything out around me right and so once i figured that out uh, it made a lot of difference in my life and so yeah when did it start i guess as a kid but did i really think of it in terms of meditating i practiced a little bit of meditation when i was a child i couldn't do it i couldn't concentrate my mind's all over the place mm-hmm. but uh, about like michael about three decades ago or three i became very you know, dedicated to that. And you don't have to meditate an hour a day sitting in the lowest position. Get comfortable anywhere. Close your eyes. Yeah. Ten minutes, ten, seven to ten minutes to start. Visualize something you like, a waterfall or a lake or anything, a seashore, whatever, and just visualize that and then allow your mind to expand beyond that. And that will take you into deeper and deeper states of meditation, which will also include feelings and non-visualization in the traditional sense. Mm. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Oh, yeah. I, 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 it, 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 there's such a, a, you know, unfortunately there's this connotation when you say the word uh, uh, meditation. Uh, however, it is, if, if 
if we can get our listeners to embrace it just with that 10 minutes, 8 to 10 minutes initially, it is such a, it's an energizing state. When you come out of it, you just feel such great energy. And, um, and it, it can be done anywhere. Uh, it can be done a couple of times a day. Um, for people who work in an office, just go in a uh, go in the restroom for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, go to a quiet place. By philosophical theory, anyway, the soul, our soul, our individual soul, is also part of the total group of souls which constitute humanity, Correct. right? And that right. constitutes a yet a larger thing. But our soul is always in meditation, one hundred percent of the time. And you can fact say wow. that our soul has meditate, meditated us into, con, into existence. Now, as human beings, we'll eventually reach a point where instead of picking apart during the day to meditate, we will essentially be in a meditative state 24-7. Um, but that'll be, that's a ways down the road, and that'll be when people have, have expanded past the lower levels of the mental plane and, and started entering the upper levels of abstract mental plane and into the intuitive level. But that's coming. That's, that's a thing that's going to happen eventually. I mean, year, millions of years perhaps, or let's say. But it will. It is part of the goal. So we will. So the more you meditate, great. But it, like Michael said, you know, it's, it's no big deal. You will feel better if you do it. I guarantee anybody, you will feel better. <laughs> and, and if you get consistent at it, consistency like anything is, is what you need. Try and do it every day. If you miss a day, all right, don't beat yourself up. Just go back the next day and, and start right. again. And with right. that consistency, you will notice an overall better feeling. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and a higher, uh, it and is a higher true. touch with yourself. Yeah, yeah, it is. I believe it. I totally believe it. I, I love it. it. I mean, I, do, I, I, I use it. Yeah, yeah I, I make I, uh, time for it. Good. Yeah, you make time for it. It's a, a part of your self care, and and that's that's mm-hmm. a, a, yep. a really big, mm-hmm. you know. For me, a lot of times when <laughs> it it sounds funny, but you know, I thought being in the shower is almost like a meditation for me. I get so many mm-hmm. ideas and information. I think it's it's just like I just it's there's no. I don't know. I just go into. I close my eyes and I sort of go into the space. And sometimes I think, Oh my gosh, how long have I been in the shower? You're just letting the water pour down on me. And sometimes the meditation for me is just walking in the park. I don't have my phone on. I don't have anything. I'm just in that space, and it's just mm-hmm. a, a very clearing thing for me. You know, people. You don't necessarily have to, as you said, Scott. You don't have to sit in the lotus position. Um, there's different places that you can do that, and you know whether you do you listen to a, a, an audio uh, that guides you. Some people people like that. Yeah. Um, do you have any other mm-hmm. exercises or, or things that you could suggest for people as a starting point? Um, well, obviously the, the, it begins with meditation, but there are visualization exercises. Force yourself to visualize certain scenes, and I teach some of those and, and do add more and more detail, like force yourself to create a garden, and this garden has a garden wall around it, and as you begin to get better, human beings are inherently able to visualize, but a lot of people have had that kind of turned off in them, right? They say, well, I can't visualize, I can't see. Yes, you can, you got to practice. Sometimes it's frustratingly slow, but as you begin to visualize more, 
then you're going to start being able to see things more, meditate more easily. And more importantly, though, you're going to be getting more and more into touch with the energy of group consciousness. And mm-hmm. once you tap into that, then you tap into the uh, ultimate energy in our universe, right? The energy of the one. And again, it's all about allowing to do that. Um, working on using live stream healing. I teach people how to project that energy through their bodies in different ways, which allow them to project it not only upon themselves, but in the environment around them and onto another person if that person be willing. And if they're not and you try it, doesn't matter. Their soul is going to protect them, so to speak, right? Um, mm-hmm. but, and, your, and your intentions are honorable. Let's say if there were bad intentions, it would be something different. Um, but we won't go there. Uh, the so-called dark forces, you know, black magic, whatever you want to call it. I mean, right. um, there are two sides. There are There's a duality in our universe, as we know. The second ray of mm-hmm. love, wisdom, is a dual ray, you know. Um, but when you start practicing those things and start practicing projecting energy in a loving way, first upon yourself and then around, on the environment around you, you'll find it becomes more and more natural to you. And there'll become a need to be around not only people that will accept that, right, and, and agree with that, but that your energy will match theirs and you'll feel more comfortable. Right? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be in the space of love. You're going to be in the space of allowing. And when you are there, yeah, um, you're, you're just definitely just going to feel better as a person. You're going to feel more connected. You're going to feel like you're accomplishing more. Life is going to be life. You're going to have upsets, ups and downs, of course. That's not going away. But it's how you think about that, how you act within that, that's going to make the difference. That's what I would say. Beautiful. That is awesome. Yes. Um, so you want people to, to do it with ease and joy and really in, oh, yeah. and embrace it and, probably, and have fun with it, too. You know, I think that exactly. <laughs> I think that you we should have fun. Yeah. If it's going to be a chore, if it's going to be a chore where you got to get, you know, I don't know. I, that's just not my nature. <laughs> I like to have fun with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, as it's with anything, you have to have a positive, right? Positive yeah. perception of 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 meditation would go a long way to to being uh, to to creating the intention to do it more often. Um, and when you're really driven by different ray types. So, if you know, if you're having heart surgery, I want my uh, doctor to be a very focused individual. I want the person. Right. right? Oh, yeah. So they're having, they're, having fun in the, they're having fun in their own way, but if you were to look at it and say, this, is, this person is not much fun. Well, yeah, they are in their own way. <laughs> but that's what you want right. in heart mm-hmm. surgery. <laughs> so. I agree with that 110%. Right. Absolutely. So, Scott, would you like to share with our audience members, you know, how the best way to to reach you and and the different types of – are you going to be doing some classes in the near future? I I would love to participate, and I'm sure Michael. I am. I'm trying to put put some classes together now um, where I live at and get a forum ready to do that where I can first – do it online and then even some personal instruction. If people want to reach me, they can easiest way is through my phone number, right? Seven seven zero five nine six nine six five six or Scott at underprotection dot com. 
or Scott at LifestreamHealing.com or Gmail.com. Um, then pull me up on Instagram, and it'll give uh, my particulars and, and how to contact me, how to message me. And you can pull my name up, or you can just go to Livestream Healing on Instagram. And I just pulled it up under. Up. I just I just uh, followed you on uh, Instagram. Very nice, nice stuff. So you'll see that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's the that Livestream so, Healing under Instagram. It's beautiful. Yeah. Great posts. Yeah, and. So uh, anybody can contact me that way. I mean, I do sessions remote, obviously, via phone or uh, uh, Zoom. Uh, and if they want to talk to me about it, what it, what's entailed in that, I'd be glad to speak with them. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you've been wonderful, though. I gotta say, he's, he's done he's done wonders uh, for me to help me kind of understand where I am and and. Uh, I know you can do that for other people, just to, to kind of give them a sense of, of clarity. Uh, it, it definitely increases your self-confidence and, and uh, in moving forward in life. Thank you. Yes, I, it does. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. You know, I think sometimes, you know, you think about a, a echo in a canyon and what you put out and, and the vibrations that come back and sometimes you know it's like that's that sound that we put out or the things we don't really think about the impact that it has and it takes somebody like Scott to say hey <laughs> you need to pull that back or you know you're you're being too open-hearted or you know you have all these gifts why aren't you using them and um, mm-hmm. you know I think that's what is you know such a gift with you with you Scott I mean you know you have you come from such a loving place and you know you're you're so kind in everything that you do and just to you know I I think that it's such a a gentle gift that you have and it's it's really wonderful that you have come to share it with so many people so I want to you know thank you so much for thank you and uh, I don't know if you want to you or Oh my gosh, it's just such a delight, and I can't wait until we can <laughs> have you back because you know you really to be able to transform your energy into something. You know, we talk about having a, a brilliant future and really what it is that you want to create, and, and you know to be given uh, the gifts and to be able to really cultivate your own gifts and have that self knowledge is phenomenal and uh, so grateful you know to both of you for all the the love and light that you have shared with me uh, during this time and also um, throughout my lifetime that that I've known you both so um, you know and and our audience I'm just so grateful for the time that you share with us as well and I'll let Michael sign off today and Scott if there's anything else you'd like to add no, just thank you both for allowing me to speak and talk with you guys, and I look forward to perhaps doing it again soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's wonderful. The only thing I'd have to say is that that uh, this, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of uh, nuggets that have been shared within this within this uh, hour, uh, and I would encourage our listeners to go back to to go to connecttolove.com, connect the number two love.com. If you want to share this uh, this uh, this uh, show with uh, someone you know who could truly benefit from it and the information that Scott has disseminated uh, in this uh, in this program go to connect to love po- the podcast 
and uh, uh, and listen to this and share the episode with with others. There's a lot of really good stuff here, and I I definitely appreciate you, Scott. Appreciate you, Lisa, uh, and uh, I wish you all uh, the most amazing. Uh, life possible for yourselves. Imagine that. Imagine things that you would never in your meditations, imagine the, the, the highest and, and best you and uh, the highest and best life for yourself. Okay? Until next time. Yes, all right. Thank you. Well. All right. Thank you, Be guys. well. Bye-bye. Bye.